0: I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate Meathead Hippie. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to a Meathead Hippie podcast. I'm your host, Emily Schramm. I'm so thrilled that this is episode 151. There's been a few more, but some I didn't number because I just was on tangents and I felt like interviews deserve numbers, but regardless, numbers are everything. And 151 is an especially important number because I think it represents collectively what we are going through. So it is a Taurus moon. It's almost a Taurus full moon. It's been one full moon cycle since I have had this van. I received this van in a Taurus moon and I got to write about it if you've downloaded the meathead hippie empress there's a little bit about it in that free publication that you can go download but it really is this number 151 of allowing one door to shut so a new door can open and if you have my book the process this poetry prose book of Emily's thoughts as like a creative psychopath <laughs> there really is on page 151, a stick figure image of someone trying to open another door without the door behind them closing. And it's interesting because if this eclipse season could say anything, which we're in an eclipse, which just means there's a door being shut when we don't know quite how to shut it. And there's a new opening happening, but we have to have forgiveness of past, forgiveness of self, forgiveness of just all of the things, compassion for self as well, so that that door that we're leaving can fully shut. I think so many times we think, how do I shut it? How do I shut it? Well, what if we surrendered a little bit more? We fell in love with ourselves. We fell in love with our process. We had compassion for ourselves. And maybe with the help of some divine, that door will shut already. So page 151 representing this beautiful chance for us to step into something new, what does it mean for you? What does it mean that you're stepping into? And that can mean so many different things, but just know we're all in that transition. We talk about it a little bit in this podcast today. Today's podcast is with Charles Mayfield. So Charles is a very similar to Emily person, right? This is like a meathead found paleo, had a gym. Now he's a farmer. And I talk about this a lot where it's like, if we're doing it right, we're all going to end up in the same place. And that same place is respect of the full life cycle that we all participate in, whether we want to think we participated in it or not, If you have leather belts, if you have leather shoes, if you wear cotton on your clothes or on your skin, if you eat any sort of meat, if you participate as a human in life living, you are participating in a very big environmental cycle that is no longer working. So we all work together to reconstruct and rebuild it. And that's what Charles is doing. And so he took all his passion for wellness and nutrition and helping people, he put all of that energy into farming and with respect to the animal using a product that uses the whole animal so that we're not just re- disregarding and wasting so many different parts. We only see, you know, it's like the example of prime rib or a certain pork chop, but like if we are going to participate in the cycle of life and eating animal at all. And being very particular, you know, I haven't had bacon in a very long time. My old blog that started my journey was bacon and skinny jeans. So I never really fell in love with the process of the animal being the bacon. It was just fat is going to fuel me and heal me. But if we don't talk about the other side, where that pig is being raised, how it's being raised, how it's being treated, how it's being respected, then we can't have... conversation in cooperation with mother earth period so we're all heading towards that direction and because it's harder I mean there's definitely sources we talk about to find your food right so how do you know where your food comes from and can a steak or can a grass-fed beef patty just be a grass-fed beef patty don't we just want to like eat and live our lives and not have guilt about it sure First it was calories and body shaming and now we're like picking the details about how food is raised. But if we don't have that conversation and just jump head on into the cycles of life, which over Halloween and over like day of the dead, I like harvesting an animal and actually really coming to terms with the full cycle and death as a equal part of the life that we live, like... That's a transformative experience. And if you can get to know your farmers, if you can get to know the people who are sourcing not just your food products, not just your produce, but also the products that we put on our skin, then what a powerful way to insert yourself into this conversation. And it's a conversation we no longer can be complacent in. And it's interesting. I just am in this beautiful van. It's been a whole month, right? Taurus moon. I got the van and now it's a Taurus full moon. And it's just such a beautiful one month moon cycle ish of understanding life on the road and what this new life entails for me and having so much fun. I share more about it again in the Meathead Hippie Empress and all of these different places. But my hope is that I, I keep finding people who are growing organically and regeneratively and It's really interesting when you go to a farmer's market and one, they can't say the farmer can't pay for the organic certification because it's a pain in the ass and it's really cost prohibitive to 99% of farmers. So it's a little bit of a bogus certification, but it still is important because it means it's organic. What else exists? And so you have to ask the farmer, do you spray? Do you use chemicals? Do you have pesticides? What do you feed your animals? And it's a hard conversation. People do not like having that conversation because the truth is the majority of them are not supporting <laughs> their their crops, their agriculture, their land with practices that do not harm, especially in the ripple chain of effects long term, right? That the pesticides, the chemicals that gets into the water system, that gets into the rivers, that gets into the ecosystem that every animal is thriving in and no longer is thriving in. It's causing mass extinction. So it's just a really heavy conversation, but important. So what does it mean to know your farmer and know what it, what it's like to have direct access to these organic, even if it's not certified organic, beyond organic practice foods and processes and how things are done and if they're done right. And it's, it's just crazy. You go to a farmer's market and it all looks good. It all looks like it's going to be exactly what it sounds like supporting your local farmer, but you still have to ask those hard questions. There's still a lot of people who can add the right marketing and have the right tagline and they make it look as if it is supporting the land and earth, but it's just not. And it's our job as consumers to really get behind and peel back the layers to what that looks like. So I just really have this like desperate Desire to bring light to the people who are doing it right and Charles is somebody who's doing it right and he also has a product Pharaoh that is so healing using whole animals So if you have psoriasis, eczema, if you have a baby who has some diaper rash There was even um, a really great review about how it helped with uh, razor burn And his story came from his own misery of a sunburn. So I'm going to share all that story. I cannot wait for you to listen to this. If you are interested in his product, go to farrow.life, F A R R O W.life, and just start participating in this conversation, right? Whether you choose to actively eat animals or if you choose to care about where your food is raised and how it comes from. I mean, there's plants are included in this conversation this is just as equal equally important from the herbs that we are harvesting and the life that is in them and how much energy is transferring from you or from them to you everything we consume it's all energy and a huge shout out to the supporters of this podcast number one element salts l m n t drink lmnt.com slash meathead hippie for like the raddest salt discount ever. I know you have had these salts. And if you haven't, I'm highly recommending you to stop this podcast and go try them right now. They're salty. They're delicious. They are full of all the things to help you have hydration at another level. It's not just about drinking water. It's about staying fully hydrated. So these are like salty as F and so good. (laughs) I drink them every day. Thank you, drinkelement.com slash meathead hippie for a extra special discount. And then Equip Foods. So Equip Foods is a really powerful tool in my van to make sure that I am getting all the nutrients I need. And so a big part of this conversation is our bodies, the food that we eat, it's nourishing, but it has a cost. So at what, at what cost is it, right? It's the cost of the animal. It's the cost of the land. It's the cost of raising these these animals appropriately and correctly. And so this is a way that is a really quick meal on the go. It's grass-fed protein in powder form. It's a really fantastic post-workout. And I am so grateful for them, especially when I know as someone who struggles with low iron levels, eating grass-fed beef is very important in my diet. I am not supposed to be a vegetarian or a vegan. It is directly impacting my health when I do not consume beef. And that is something that we get to reverently thank the cows for and thank these animals for. They are they are literally sacrificing their life for our well-being and that's not something we should take lightly anymore and I don't. <laughs> so Equip Foods makes it very easy equipfoods.com m or just use the discount code meathead hippie for 15% off. They have strawberry vanilla chocolate. They also have an unflavored which I don't really touch yet <laughs> but I love the strawberry. You can mix it with eggs, blend it, make pancakes, really create ways on my Instagram to cook with it. I'm just in love with this protein. And then of course my nutrients, um, my own brand that is just something that I can't live without, myempirica.com. This is my supplement brand for all the nutrients and micronutrients to support your cells and really help you be normal. So many times people think they're on like a normal trajectory, poor sleep, moodiness, hangriness. PMSs, (laughs) like crazy, you know, irritability. There's so much that your cells are trying to tell you. And so my job and our role at MyEmpirica.com is to teach you what's normal and to fill those nutrient voids as fast as possible with high quality nutrient density supplements. So pharmaceutical grade can only come from a practitioner. We have boxes and then we also have really powerful nutrients like my Trimag, my magnesium that's so delicious. And you will change your life, your sleep will change immediately with one night's use. It's incredible what magnesium can do for your body and your brain. So go check that out at MyEmpirica.com. All three of those ways are ways to support this podcast and this crazy adventure I'm on. So thank you in advance. And thank you, Charles and Jaylene, for this podcast and this important conversation on this full moon, Taurus, eclipse let it let us all fuck up the food supply chain by demanding answers and pushing the boundaries at how things are raised, where we get our food, and being a conscious consumer, peeling back the layers every chance we get so that every way possible we are participating in a conversation that is no longer one-sided. It is reciprocal and it helps take care of Mother Earth. Enjoy the show. Thank you for joining me. I'm so thrilled to have you sitting in my van in the me head hippie mobile and on your farm
1: down by the river,
0: down by the river to pray. What did we just do? That was so cool. Where did you just take us?
1: Do we want to tell the world about we, we just went to a waterfall in <laughs> East Tennessee.
0: We don't say names.
1: No names. Because oh, how many people were in the parking lot? That's a good point. Zero. But you know. We'll share. This is in East Tennessee. Just Google waterfalls in East Tennessee and then start your own adventure and eventually you'll find it.
0: (laughs) That's a good one. Yes. Okay. Well, we jumped in. It's November 2nd. It was cold. It felt like freedom. Jaylene and I have been on a whole beluga medicine. Well, it's very much beluga deer, like even forest which is what I feel like your property is. We saw an owl this morning on a walk to see the sunrise.
1: Yes, and 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 just to clarify, this is not my property. I'm, okay. I'm yes. leasing here. Um
2: steward of the land. Steward try, trying to
1: help steward some land. Yes. But uh we'll but get no, it's beautiful into the here. It's yeah. absolutely beautiful here. Yes, I'm glad y'all are here.
0: We're so stoked to be here. Thank you for being such a generous host. Yeah. So Charles and Jaylene. Jaylene, I found Charles through you, Mm -hmm. and I'm just like in love with how my skin is feeling with this. I am excited about the story and you sharing the story of Pharaoh and just the sunburn. (laughs) I can't wait to get into it. Uh, But I just want to start by hearing who you are and a little bit about what you love about what you do because it's multifaceted right now and it's kind of changing and it's. Evolving as most of our lives all of our lives are in that transit we're in eclipse season if we're not Changing we're not doing it right. (laughs) So um, I would love to hear from you really like it doesn't have to be Yeah The short cliff note where you're at right now in your life and what you're stoked about
1: sure So I've been farming Oh, that's, that's Thor, Thor in the background. The He's the my, handsomest. My, he yeah. is a handsome right. devil, my, my, my livestock guard, guardian dog, great puppy, PMies. great Pyrenees. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I have, uh, fingers in many pies, uh, sort of day job, which I enjoy in the, uh, insurance business, mostly in the food service. Farming world, uh, is sort of the niche market I, I enjoy. And then I have been uh, farming pasture-based meats now for three, four, five, almost six years. Started in October, November of 2016. Uh, Pastured pork, beef, chicken, eggs. And yeah, launched, uh, sort of happened upon uh, another added benefit of, and the healing power of the lard back in 2019. But yeah, earlier this year, we launched uh, Pharaoh, which is a the first of its kind, I believe, lard-based skincare company, and it's it's been it's been amazing. We we're uh, enjoying the ride. You know, mm-hmm. start up, new. Uh, I've got a couple people helping me out, but you 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 guys were there last night. You know, I've got the manufacturing over in one corner of the kitchen, and the and the bottling and filling in another, and fulfillment in the other. So it's it's been a, a really interesting journey. I'm looking forward to the to the continued roller coaster. So.
0: Oh man. Well, okay. Can I start with asking about 2016? What got you into doing me in the first place?
1: Yeah, sure. So, uh, came from. I have a fairly diverse career background as well. Uh, was in insurance right out of college, and then found in 2008. Found a, a boot camp, an outdoor boot camp in Atlanta, that had just opened a CrossFit gym, and so. Just just sort of got hooked into that community, you know you
0: and I are similar. <laughs> yeah, I loved it.
1: had a good time, um, got hurt, uh, pretty bad back injury. Um, I, I was very competitive and and was was sort of eyeing for the o nine games and got hurt. And uh, anyway, that was so when I went from working out like twice a day to no times a day, that really sort of pushed me into looking at nutrition. And it just so happened at this time that a guy by the name of Rob Wolf, love, love you, Rob and Nikki.
0: Yes. Um, Mm
1: -hmm. Rob was teaching the CrossFit nutrition certification, Uh, air quotes for those listening. Uh, But no, this is back in the day. And my girlfriend at the time, Julie, and I drove to Jacksonville, Florida and went and got certified. I wanted to learn more about nutrition. I wasn't working out that much anymore. We were heavy and hard diet in the wool um, zone practitioners
0: Oh interesting Back then. that was
1: the zone diet was sort of the de facto recommended recommended diet for crossfitters you know yeah. weigh measure yeah. calculate all the fun the things The blocks Yes you know, get my, your blocks right
0: My mom did it when I was probably Nine or ten. So it was so funny to see that revival happen. Of oh, Like yeah. this throwback to yeah. my childhood.
1: And, you know, there's, a, I think at, at a performance yeah. level, there's a lot of power in mm-hmm. in in the blocked system, you know, at the highest level. Um, but even with the zone, quality of food wasn't talked about. It was just everything had its value. Right. You get this many blocks, you know.
0: Protein is a protein. A protein is a carb. protein.
1: Carb is a carb. Fat's a fat. And so Rob, you know, I was, I had all these questions about weighing and measuring this and the other, and Rob said, Hey man, um, why don't you just stop doing all that and just eat real food? Um, you know, eliminate, he, he was really getting, getting pretty deep in paleo at the time. And, and, um, so he sort of threw this paleo template at Julie and I, and we just took it and ran with it. And so yeah, so we started developing recipes and turning non paleo recipes into recipes and. Oh yeah, you have a cookbook. Couple yeah, a couple of cookbooks. Oh, no, so. shit. What? Yeah, <laughs> it so. Keeps coming out. What so, are they called? Uh, paleo comfort foods is, a, is oh, our my, first. What's
0: your favorite recipe in that book?
1: In that book, the country captain recipe is is a killer recipe in that book. Um, I. That was one of the ones we sort of happened upon and paleophied. The uh, my personal favorite recipe is the morning glory muffins. I, um, love muffins. I don't eat that most of that anymore, but if I were gonna cook them, I would obviously make them, you know, grain free and paleo paleoified. But that was a recipe that my mother passed down to me from like somebody else, and we tweaked it to paleoify it. So
0: yummy.
1: Have fun. Yeah, but yeah, so we we.
0: Um well shout out to Rob because I mean he's still in our life every day with element salts
1: uh, yeah right it's like I love that stuff
0: I know and he was so my first introduction to anything gluten-free dairy free was the the paleo solution by Rob Wolf. I went 30 days I went all in I was also at a crossFit gym day 31 I went camping I had no idea what I was about to put in my body smores. I did everything, hot dogs with buns and s'mores, just so excited about this 30 day thing, but didn't realize like, Oh, that's coming out the other end. Oh, it did. (laughs) Food poisoning. It was like this crazy wait. Oh, and you know, it just, that was the the whole epiphany. It wasn't even the 30 days. It was day 31 where everything changed for me.
1: I I ran a gym in Atlanta for about 10 years because it we ended up opening our own gym and the mo- the absolute most frustrating thing, you know, we do paleo challenges, we do whole 30 challenges, all the things. And the most frustrating thing was on day 31 or day 61, you know, you'd have a client <laughs> that would go out and eat everything and then feel like crap. And you're like, well, we don't really know what caused the problem because you ate everything, you know, but, yeah, pizza, beer, right you know, all the things. And so,
0: well, this is the problem of society, right? Like the binging because of the restriction, like there's this ebb and flow because ultimately when Jaylene and I talk about this a lot of like nutrient density, when your cells are satisfied because they're getting what they desperately need and want to function at the highest level, there isn't that depletion or that shit. I am missing something because your body like screams for it and you just, it's like crack when people have those binges. I've been there. I'm that person, you know? Well,
1: even the vernacular around the idea of a cheat day Mm -hmm. or a cheat meal, Right, you know, I, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Sisson, Mark Sisson.
0: Oh, me too. And I he, love he Mark. You talk to Mark,
1: and he's like, "I never put anything in my mouth that's not absolutely, unbelievably delicious." <laughs> right? Yeah. That's not cheating. Yeah. You know, that's I'm
0: I'm I'm present with my food, yeah. and I appreciate it. And there's no guilt, there's no shame. And okay, well, Rob Wolf started yeah. it. Yeah. So, so Rob good. Wolf
1: started started it all.
0: Okay, and then you get through. So now you're understanding about. Quality potentially. Yeah,
1: so we were we were early adopt early. I don't know. Celebrity not the right word. What our, our cookbook? Uh, there was Sarah Fragoso. Lauren Cordain wrote a cookbook. This was early paleo. Mm. Cordain's book had no pictures in it. You know, he's a scientist, this guy. Uh, Sarah Fragoso uh, and and us published cookbooks very very early on in the you know like the first and second book. Following Cordain's book, and this is this is right after Rob, Rob, Rob pushed us to write the book because he was in Atlanta for his book launch, and uh, I guess his publisher was killing him to you know you follow up a lifestyle book with a cookbook. Mm. He's like y'all write the cookbook, and so <laughs> anyway we um, we got into the paleo community early. There's a that's where I met uh, Jaylene Was it Paleo FX uh, this this past year? And so the, the inaugural Paleo FX, I think was in 2012. I think that's right. And we were there and it, I, I give that community a lot of credit for my interest in farming. So mm. the first couple of years of Paleo FX, there was all this jawing about macros and micros and what's the right formula. And, mm-hmm. and at some point, the, the, the conversation in that community really made a shift. Mm-hmm. And you start to see, like, Diana Rogers get involved. All of a sudden, White Oak Pastures is there. Epic Brands. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of, and it's it, it shifted from arguing over macros and micros to sustainable food, access to, to healthy food, and so you you saw like the Savory Institute and, and the Farm to Consumer Legal Defense Fund. These are people that started having booths at FX, and so that was really what what sort of got me interested. And so we did. Uh, Julie and I went up to uh, Polyface Farms for the for a fundraiser for Farm to Consumer Legal Defense Fund. Never been there. Just went up there. They asked us to come up and cook, and you know it was a big thing to raise money for Farm to Consumer. And I was hooked, like just spending a a, a weekend in in Virginia and seeing the farm and hearing Joel and, you know, it just, it spoke to me. And so I, I started, the original idea of the farm was we had this gym in Atlanta and so let's start a farm and our, our first customers can, you know, the farm is feeding the, the gym, you know, gym community and Anyway, we ended up getting out of the gym business and moving to Tennessee, and I, I wasn't going to not farm. So Yeah, it was just,
0: know. it hit home. It, yeah. We talked about this at our undisclosed location, Waterfall, but mm-hmm. you love pigs, and that's a big part of this product that is just so a part of healing and nurturing, and also healing and nurturing, I mean, not just body, but when we talk about If you eat meat, it's about eating the whole animal and with respect of the whole animal. And so I would love to jump into your story of how Pharaoh came about because it's the best things when you and your own, you know, not demise, but it sounded pretty awful of the sunburn. Oh, the sunburn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, getting, you know, getting this product started. But this is such a beautiful way to respect the animal because it is using parts that are usually just disregarded and thrown out
1: so yeah so the, the the real origin story for pharaoh actually started when i harvested the first two pigs from my farm so i had some friends that had were supporting the farm and said i'll take a half pig and i'll take a whole pig and so you know i take the pig to the butcher and i get it all cut up and of course they what do you want with the? Fa- give me give me everything back um and so I take these customers in Atlanta, all the pig, you know, the pork chops and the butts and the, and the belly and everything, and you know, two or three bags of back fat. And I get a call like maybe a week or two later from my buddy Luke, and he's like, "Hey man, what what am I supposed to do with this fat?" And I was like, "Hey man, just grind it up and render it, and and then you can cook with it, and you know, all sorts of cool stuff." He's like, "Okay, okay." About a week goes by I get another call back he's like just come get this fat dude I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that and so you know early on I was like okay it is a lot of work you know it's a lot of time and and I get it so I have been saving the fat from my pigs for years and mm-hmm. I would always tinker with stuff I love cooking with it and so yeah in 2019 I got a I got a really really bad sunburn um, lobster red, you know, for your list, every, everyone's been there, um, like painfully tingly, uh, you're not going to sleep. And, worst. um, uh, the, the absolute worst. And at the time, Julie, Julie and I were going through our divorce and I came home to, it was 4th of July week. It was July 5th, 2019. And so th- she was out of town with the kids and I come home to like an empty house. I live in a small town, medicine cabinets empty the stores are closed. I'm like, what am I going to do? And I cook, uh, quite a bit, obviously. And I had a jar of lard in my fridge. And so I lathered on up and it was amazing. You know, again, imagine like poor, tired, uh, you know, sitting in my living room in my underwear like lathering all this stuff on and it it was it was amazing and like in a matter of minutes it just my skin just absorbed it
2: what made you think of that like how did you you know how do you put used it on your skin before well
1: so what do you put on your skin from the store it's like aloe it's like you know actually one of the things that drove me to do it was it was in my refrigerator and I thought okay it's cool it'll feel good even if it doesn't work I'll feel better right and and, you know there was also I think we have a tendency to ignore intuition right (laughs) and so it's like it's animal fat I'm an animal put it on and so anyway yeah, yeah I lathered up with the stuff went and took a shower which always hurts. It it stung, but it wasn't bad. Slept like a baby. You know, you never sleep very well with with a sunburn. Uh, Woke up the next morning, felt good, was still pink, lobster pink, and um, lathered up again, put my shirt on, went across the street, and got back to work at the farm. That was it. Two applications. In three days, my sunburn was gone, and in about... Over the course of the next three weeks, I really started looking at my skin because I just kept waiting and kept waiting, and I never peeled. <laughs> and that that was it for me because you—that's that, one thing you always do, always. even with a light little sunburn, you always peel. And so, uh, yeah, I, I started tinkering in the kitchen, making different recipes and playing around with uh, emulsifying, you know, lard with water and use a little beeswax. I could never, I was telling you guys last night over dinner, I could never get it to stay shelf stable. It would go moldy, nasty within, within a matter of weeks. And so at some point I just threw the water out, whipped, whipped the lard a little bit more, threw some tallow and some leaf lard in there and honey. And, um, and lo and behold, it was, it, it held, it was shelf stable. It, we don't, we don't actually whip our face food anymore. Uh, I love it when when you do that, but it's temperature sensitive. Mm. And if I fill a jar and it's whipped and it gets left in somebody's on front porch, you know, with delivery, and they open the jar up, it'll be like half full because it's melted. Yeah. And so we do we do a full fat. We don't whip it anymore. But um, you said something earlier, Emily, that I that I I want to point out. Mm-hmm. Food like if we if we feed our our organs and our body, like the minerals and the nutrients that it needs, then it's happy. Yeah. Right. And we're not, we're not a slave to food. We're not, I mean, we spent all day together, had a little snack here and there of some meat. I, I haven't been hungry all day. Right. And so, cause we're nourished and I, I I'm a firm believer that, that our skin mm. craves lard and it's, it's, I think it has a lot to do with the biological mimicry of pigs and humans. So so yeah that that's the origin story. We launched in 2022 just or January of this year and
0: it feels amazing. Well, thank you. I mean, I have I'm putting it on my hands right now and this is what's so beautiful is obviously it's just like what absorbs in your skin, your, your skin likes. And so many times people are using coconut oil. And coconut oil not being something that absorbs well. Even what you said about shelf-stable. Like, why do you think all the things on the shelf have the things that are in those ingredients? The ingredients that are in those products? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason. Just like our food and our skin being our largest organ. I mean, this is like...
1: It's our second stomach.
0: Oh, great way of saying it. We, yeah. we,
1: we, we, we absorb environmental nutrients through our skin it's it's, it really is our second stomach i I had a funny call so a a friend of mine from college she's a she's been a c-level c-suite level um you know executive in the skincare business and i called her early on and i was like hey listen i got this crazy idea you know what do you think and first question out of her mouth what's the shelf life of your product and i didn't know at the time but i sort of you know, posited, well, you know, it's at least six months. But I've got some creams that have, you know, lasted, you know, longer than that. She's like, You don't have a product in skincare if it doesn't sit on the shelf for two years. Mm. And I thought, Oh, okay, so I don't have a product unless I can put preservatives in it to keep it shelf stable for that long. And so, you know, we're 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 unique in that we don't put any any chemicals. Um, we're using full fat, you know, your, your average cream that you buy at the store, not only is it full of preservatives that, by the way, kill bacteria, which by the way, live on our skin, right? And, uh, so we don't use any water. So, you know, if you buy a one ounce cream at the store, you're paying effectively for three quarters of an ounce of water (laughs) and a quarter of an ounce of whatever, you know, seed oils, shea butters. Uh, you know all all the other fats that are out there, but the the skincare world is dominated by plant based fats. No, it's very nourishing. Again, the pig the pig is a the pig is a it's a four legged human. So yeah. the the biological symmetry and it's match similar. is yeah. unbelievable. Can we
0: talk about the personality of the pig? Because I do have such a soft spot in my heart for pigs. So uh, I'd love to hear more about the the pig soft spot that you have as well.
1: I love them to death. They're my favorite animal. <laughs> they're gregarious. They're omnivores too. So there's that curiosity with everything like maybe I could eat this thing. You know, <laughs> they're, um, they're, v- they're very intelligent. We were talking about, I, I farrowed pigs teenagers. for a number of years. Can you yeah.
0: explain pharaoh? Like the definition of pharaoh. Farrow?
1: So farrowing, uh, is, is overseeing the, copulation of male and female pigs making baby pigs a pharaoh of piglets pharaohing is is turning mama and daddy pigs into parents Parents, okay and so i
0: love pharaoh because it's so p-h-a-r-o-a-h like it's so egyptian there's like regal yeah pharaoh (laughs) so when i saw the pharaoh i told you this already but it is only one letter from my favorite herb, which is yarrow, which is right here. There's a lot of
1: symmetry in the room tonight. (laughs) Yes,
0: there is.
1: So I had this crazy idea when we first early launched of, you know, because it's cosmetics, you know, it's skincare. So I was like, all right, I need to do this MLM model and get my little, you know, group of sexy ladies together to go out and Tupperware party this stuff to the moon, right? (laughs) And so we, we, uh, we joked about calling them my fat divas. But fat is P H A T.
0: Oh, like fat fudge. Like yes. pretty hot like and tempting Mary. divas.
1: <laughs> but it's a full fat cream, so. That's funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no, pigs are amazing. I, I uh, they're unbelievable for the land. So they'll do stuff that, you know, cows or sheep or any ruminant species won't do. They've got this little, you know, four-wheel drive shovel on the front of their, on the front of their mouth. Is that the cat? Griff is snoring. Gr- it's so oh, cute.
0: Oh my God, I can't even. Oh, Griff, you're the best. He is the best.
1: Is, is Griff having a good time on the farm?
0: Gryffindor is having the best time. He's a little skeptical about Dose. Um, I, he should be. Which, So we're keeping him safe in the van. But just he's not a, he's not a dog cat. Dose
1: is. There, did you hear, he heard. He heard us talking about it. <laughs> he
0: heard. Well, okay, and Jaylene, please feel free to... This is where I like really want to talk about... It's a little bit more in depth of the eating of an animal right so if someone is hesitant to eat pig or there's some sort of resistance towards this full animal spectrum just pulling back the importance of animal in this ecosystem that thrives on this cycle that we live in that is about making sure we are practicing what we yeah, I mean, like I don't even know how to access this conversation because it's yeah. like, can it be done without, or does it have to be done with? And then has to be. Has to, it has so to. that's what let's... Life,
1: life is precious because of death, and and unfortunately, and I know Jaylene you can speak to this. <clears throat> your average everyday run of the mill consumer is so far removed from where their food comes from; they have no concept. Um, it's uh, listen. I don't enjoy um these animals losing their lives but it's but it's it's necessary um there's this crazy misconception that like <clears throat> all it's it's a it's a disney movie with animals right <clears throat> excuse me nature is cruel as hell absolutely unbelievably cruel uh it's beautiful and it's amazing and it's cruel and so our animals, you just you just harvested a a, a lamb, didn't you?
0: Yeah, we did together, yeah.
1: I, I tell people my pigs have one bad day. Hmm. That's it. Same for our cows, same for our chickens, one bad day. Uh, the video on my, my I love pigs video on our website, <clears throat> I think I allude to the idea that if I when I die, I want to be reincarnated as one of my pigs because. <laughs> We should all be so lucky as to have one bad day. Um, meat is amazing; uh, it's it's so nutrient-packed. Uh, now, the pig is interesting because of the there's religious implications for a lot of people to not eat swine. I, I, I actually believe there's a lot of historically accurate context with that because because of their monogastric system, they can carry parasites in their meat. trigonosis being being one of the more um, prevalent ones so you really need to cook it you know you can you can eat beef raw you can there's a lot of things there's a lot of animal meats that you can eat raw fresh and raw and and there's literally zero risk of 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 taking in a, a a parasite that's not the case with pigs and so i can see you know, thousands of years ago, someone ate some undercooked pig, and then someone else ate it, and everybody got sick. Okay, we don't eat that animal. You know, for these reasons, they're unclean, or they're this, or they got a split hoof, and all the all the things. So I get it. Um, I happen to enjoy pork a lot, and so it's 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 an honor to be able to to grow it, provide it to other people, but also consume it myself. Um,
0: and then also again back to that, use all the parts, and then the parts that our body so desperately needs is actually healing us. You know, like this is a full spectrum animal. Oh if yeah, yeah. If it's being, so skincare is about yeah. a couple
1: things. Skincare is about <clears throat> it's about pH. You know, a lot of the chemical companies, the big companies, they're always sort of trying to tinker with pH to make it more aligned with human skin pH. Uh, you know, more neutral. Um, It's about pH. It's about vitamins and minerals. And then it's also about the lipid profile of the fats that you're using. And in the case of pigs, assuming, of course, you pasture a pig, give them plenty of sunlight, lots of fresh food. You know, try I I feed a soy-free diet to my pigs. You know, there's this big polyunsaturated fatty acid thing going on around right now. But, you know, a healthy, happy pig makes healthy, happy fat that is biologically spot on. Like, our skin just, like, come here, friend, and just soaks it right in.
2: Yeah. And I think just to, like, approach the conversation of a pig being close to humans, like, that's, if we think about what we're eating food so that it becomes us, so that process, like, that should make us want to eat it more and also take a lot more reverence. Like, when we just say, I'm not doing it, there's a shadow there, I opt out, like, you're not stopping that system from existing. You're actually allowing it to continue to perpetuate in a way that is bad for all of us. So yeah. opting out of anything, like, never solves a problem. Right. We need to take responsibility for a pig being more conscious and so that can also look amazing where like hey if it's raised with reverence and love that's gonna be become me like that can become me and that's what we're looking for when we're raising animals I think is just like yes they're becoming you yes so are plants though like so we won't get into that conversation but that's why it's a responsibility to raise them with respect not to opt out because Like, the reality is you're not stopping that system from continuing to go on. We need to, like, lean in and take that responsibility and do it with reverence. And
1: Well, and the the system is rot. Yeah,
0: that's what I would love to dig into.
1: Well, if more people knew where their food came from, I'm not saying the industrial meat system wouldn't exist, but I think we would have a much bigger hold on pastured and local and and properly humanely raised meat in this country. There's there's a lot of people that are doing it the right way. It's still representative of a fraction of the of the food in this country. I mean, you've got four companies that effectively control 80 to 85% of the meat in this country. And, you know, that's that's scary because they don't care about how the animal's raised. Right. They don't care about the consumer. You know, this is also about consumer health. How is the animal raised? How is it cared for? How is it killed? All of the things, because it's I'm not I'm I'm not here to perpetuate that system.
0: Right. right. So, and so, access to these types of beautiful processes and cycles and farmers raising it correctly, like. It's not easy for a person to find that in most cities, I feel, and so
1: it's getting easier.
0: That's great. There's yeah.
1: uh, eatwild. dot is a really good site uh, cool. for your listeners to go yeah. to. Um, it, it just it's a it's a catalog of local farmers. You know, not everybody farms the same way. I would yeah. say local trumps organic, blah blah blah. It trumps all the labels. Local. Go shake a farmer's hand. Ask questions you know I, you know the average meal in this country travels travels what 17 1800 miles meal from farm to plate and um, that's that's ridiculous yeah. that's ridiculous yeah
0: well, yeah, it was interesting even driving to get this van. I was driving in Iowa and hmm. so I was going past all these pig farms and they were just sheds of you know, they live in one foot by one foot, you know, who knows, but no space. And if you've yeah, I've even at a young age visited some of those places and it scars you if you ever oh. see the typical conventional way. And the way he said, it was so crazy. I'm like, why is my pers- my driver telling me this? But he's like, you know, it was really sad. Uh, but this is what happened at COVID. They couldn't find buyers, so they just took out every single pig, hundreds of thousands of pigs, and just shot them and left them out to die. So
1: this this speaks to that system, right? So you've built... I, I, let, me, let me explain that real quick. So you've built a pig system there. And you've built a slaughterhouse that is... Specked out perfectly for a 300 pound pig, right? We were talking earlier at the waterfall about how big do your pigs get and this, that, and the other. So so market weight in the industrial world is probably around 275 to 350, something like that. But, but the equipment and the assembly line and everything is spec'd out for this 300 pound pig, okay? COVID comes along. And they have to shut that place down for a month. I'm just making these numbers up, but this is how this happened. They shut it down for a month, which means they got to feed all those pigs yeah. for one more month. Which means they put on 25 pounds. Which means they don't fit square peg round hole. They don't they don't fit through the system. Or if they tried to fit them through the system, they'd break everything. Mm. And so I, I remember seeing that it was a tragedy. Yeah. Um, it was a tragedy and that was a gift to those pigs to get shot in the head and, and just end it. Cause they had terrible lives. Pigs need the sun. Hmm. Humans need the sun. And your average pig does not see the sun. They're born in a house, raised in a house, die in a house. Um, someone posted, were talk, we are talking about how smart pigs are. Someone tagged me on Twitter this afternoon. Isn't this funny? You know, Pharaoh life, And it was a pig in an industrial house, and they're in these little crates, you know, they're in these little pens, all facing the same direction, you know, feeds over here, poop goes out over here. And this pig, like, figures out and climbs up and turns around (laughs) and then lifts this latch with its nose and lifts this latch with its nose and gets out. And you're just watching that going. Go, Pig. Go, go, no, go, go. Be free, Pig. Be, free.
0: be yeah. free. Yeah, like Charlotte. I grew up on Charlotte's Web. Did you guys ever watch or read Charlotte's Wilbur. Web? Yes, Wilbur. <laughs>
1: yes. I'll bet Wilbur tasted good. Oh, my God. <laughs> the world needs to know I that know. Wilbur tasted good.
0: Yeah. He,
1: he we, was entertaining. He was great. He was everyone's favorite. And then he tasted good.
0: And there was an appreciation and reverence. That's right. Yes, right. So this is what I think. Wh- wh- It is a part of our system right there's our cells hold energy it's not just about the micronutrients and the macronutrients anymore it's about really understanding our capacity to hold energy and if we look at it in that way then it's no question that we should eliminate most of the foods we're eating because we have no idea where they were sourced from
1: most of them aren't foods either truth but 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 when it comes to meat and I would say pork and chicken specifically, you know, for your listeners. I I, I buy store-bought uh, beef from time to time. It's, you know, but, but store-bought beef, every cow on the planet gets grass for 16 months. You know, they get milk for a, a couple months because they're weaning off a of mama, and then everybody eats grass for a long time. It's only that last couple months where they, you know, bulk them up, and grain finish them, and all that fun stuff. Now, we we do finished beef here but pork and chicken in terms of the environment it grows up in and the stuff it's fed is abhorrent it's just terrible
2: yeah and i think that's a common misconception like a lot of women especially will be like oh i don't know where it's coming from like i'm gonna get the chicken
0: yes terrible terrible we, we yeah. always
1: get the
2: beef
0: always yes your, if, your if average you chicken
1: your average chicken in the store had 31 chlorine baths oh, my before
0: God. oh bless their little hearts
1: Well, they were dead when the chlorine was came. (laughs) (laughs) You kill them, you pluck them.
0: Oh my gosh. And
1: then then you dip them in chlorine. Because it's so dirty.
0: Well, I've been obviously so spoiled and I'm so grateful for, I'm living in this van and everything in my, like the meat we're eating is from the farms that were we think
1: amazing. About to. yeah you got some eggs for the road and too. I have
0: so many beautiful eggs from you thank you I haven't had conventional or kind of just like store-bought meat and only I mean I guess it's been a while but like the taste of it it literally tasted like bleach mm. I was shocked at like how fast my palate had changed to test to finally be able to taste and pull some of those you know hormones chemicals whatever they yeah. had put into that beef it was like whoa this is not beef this is not what i've been putting into my system you're
1: you're younger than me both of you are by a long shot but do you remember the pork uh advertising campaign the other white meat
2: kind of yeah
1: it's it, it again it's it's not, it's it's, <laughs> it's aged but pork was for many years marketed as the other white meat the other white meat being chicken Oh. Pork is not white.
2: Yeah, <laughs> shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. Wow.
1: But they're Chicken raised in a way. It shouldn't be
2: white either. But well, yeah,
1: but but it's closer to white. Yeah,
0: much. Closer.
1: And I, you know, again, if if I went and pulled a pork chop out of my freezer and yeah, showed it, color you, is it, it's it's like pink, pink, pink to red. Yeah. Mm. And you get variants with different breeds, like a Mangalitsa, and some of those other hairier, woolier pigs are just deep red. Wow. But. Yeah, it's it's not it's not white. It's not white. <laughs> do it's, not buy it's white not pork. White. What's like
0: the best way you use, have used lard, but for your hair? I use it everywhere. Oh, let yeah. yeah. hair right yeah. now. Yeah, so so you hair. just put it straight up in your hair. All up in my hair. Yeah, definitely in the, the ends. roots or the ends.
1: Yes,
2: the ends. Yeah, I'll do it on the like a higher if I'm in a shower, like right after, but. It's like a conditioner, just put it in the ends and like leaf fat for people who are interested in like using it. If they want, if they buy a half pig and they want to actually use the whole animal that they get, like you can just render that and you can use that for baking because it doesn't have a smell. So you can Uh, use regular lard for cooking and then you can use leaf lard for baking. And that's what like traditionally that's what we used for baking. Like that is a very homestead thing like you bake with like crisco is like mimicking crisco no, was actually lard. Bl- lard. was
1: colored white at the turn of the century when they invented it they colored it white because on every kitchen table or you know kitchen counter in the country was a an aluminum tin or a metal full tin lard. full of lard yeah and and it and it's still i would love to see a, a re-emergence of animal-based cooking fat mcdonald's got world famous for its french fries because for years nice they doing. fried them in beef fat
0: wouldn't, wouldn't that be a trip for them to be the ones that change that story and i
1: doubt they're going back I do too, bless but, their hearts
0: you know my first blog ever was bacon and skinny jeans
1: Nice. Did you know that? I did that not know that. That was probably about the same time We're still learning about each book. other a little I bit. I know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, Jaylene, I, I like how you how you tied the, uh, it's it's becoming part of me. Yeah. Um, and it works. I mean, I you know, we, we have two taglines. The lard works in mysterious ways and lard help us. Mm-hmm. And it does. I mean, I get calls all the time. You know, ex- So, for any acute skin care issue... You know, acute being like sunburn, rash, um, bug bites. Poison, I, had a, I, I had a poison ivy deal yes, around I, my eye. I wish I would
0: have had this for my poison oak. Oh, it's
1: it worked great. It was
0: it was. I had a horrific poison oak experience this Did year, you? and so this is not leaving me ever because yeah. you, if you have had that experience, it was a ten day. Ex- oh, it oh it's awful. Thing. Yeah.
1: My kids and I got chiggers this summer. And if you've never had chiggers, don't don't get in line. Um, but you know they're very itchy and all that. It was unbelievable for chiggers. So those are all acute issues. You know mm-hmm. they're just they just sort of pop up. Sunburn, whatever. Uh, on the chronic side of the house, you know you've got your eczema, psoriasis, rosa. What's it rosacea. called? Rose, rosacea. Rosacea. Um, all these various
0: inside-out skin
1: conditions. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So you've got an underlying dietary issue that you've got to address however it works unbelievable for soothing and helping you know you have to be careful i can't say it heals
0: yeah but your reviews i was reading it. i mean it's so true i cannot wait to recommend this for people with psoriasis and oh my
1: god it's it's a game changer for psoriasis and eczema even
0: babies what you for sure diaper rash any sort of sensitive skin all the things it's so beautiful i mean thank you pig it's just so wonderful
1: back to the reverence this is a magical animal it's a truly magical animal and again when it comes to farming they do things that ruminants will not do they turn soil over now you got to be careful pigs are unbelievably destructive
0: (laughs) yeah well wild boar being a great example like yes we consider they root we consider them the same family right
1: oh yeah they're the same family
0: yeah
1: yeah but they're destructive no, no different than the destructive power of say, you know t- a herd of 10,000 cattle, you know that if that gets going fast in the wrong direction, they're very destructive. Pigs are very destructive, but th- the wor- the world, the land, the environment needs destruction. not over destruction, but disturbance. That's actually probably a better term. They're great at disturbing yeah. the soil. Yeah. and so and they'll go places that that cows won't. Uh, you know, the edges of the forest, and they, they'll root up old grubs and turn the soil over. And next thing you know, you've got all this new life springing out of the out of the soil. It's it's unbelievable what they're capable of doing, and they taste good, and their fats incredible for our skin. So, Ugh. the perfect animal.
0: Charles, well, thank you for taking your sunburn and turning it into. Face food. <laughs> I'm so in love with the. I mean, you're a farmer, you are a product creator. You, I mean, it's just really beautiful to see you and your story, but also just like the full cycle is here, and and that's just something that people better get used to because that's the only way we should be doing it moving forward.
1: I would I would like to play a major role in disrupting the toxicity that exists in our skincare world right now because it's. It's, I, it's, it's bad. Yeah. It's real bad. When my paleo lens, you know, if you can't pronounce it, don't eat it. Mm hmm When I took that lens and shined it on skincare and started looking at labels and, oh my God.
0: I know. There was an app that I used for a while called Think Dirty. And you just (laughs) scan the QR codes. Oh, yeah. And it gives you like a rating. And so even just do a couple. Chapstick being the most you know toxic endocrine disruptor that you can have in your pocket so the pocket. space food just
2: lips yeah. oh my like, god there's no difference you don't need i mean maybe you'll make a chapstick skew but you don't need to like <laughs> well, people we're, we're, just you put it on your lips and start it right i now. got
1: my i got my daughter a lip gloss kit for christmas because she she's my vice president of manufacturing <laughs> my son is the vice president of farming but she's she's the one that always wants to and she loves lip gloss and so it's like i want to make some lip gloss daddy so we got a kit and so we're we're tinkering maybe one day we'll have a lip gloss take product a lip gloss. Oh, yeah.
0: i would love some shiny lips yeah a little glisten little toxic-free a little toxic free color, color yeah. yeah we could do some herbs mm. oh
1: listen you gave me some really good tips today about sort of next level uh infusion yeah infusions yeah. I, I am uh You've piqued my interest. Uh, we have a few more rungs on the ladder to go. Again, th- things have been great. I'm immeasurably blessed with how people are really enjoying the products, and we continue to grow. But
0: And just go to pharaoh.life.
1: pharaoh.life. Yeah. yes.
0: And learn more about you, but also just try this product. It's dope. I'm so in love with it. Thank you, Jaylene, for this introduction. You're welcome.
1: Thank you both for, for being here. It, it means a lot, I, and you spent a little extra time on our adventure today. I really enjoyed that, and uh, certainly appreciate you spread spreading the word, spreading the lard for me. Uh, we're we're excited to see where it goes.
0: Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! <laughs>